Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Pat Bradley in the Zone is brought to you by River City Flooring. Bradley off the screen for three. Is he going to miss? He's been terrific in this first half. River City Flooring. The only thing better than their selection is their service. Visit RiverCityFlooringInc.com. RiverCityFlooringInc.com. Okay, we missed him yesterday, so we got him today. Pat Bradley joining us in the zone. And, Pat, what a treat for you. You get to talk to Coach Kelly. I see how you're working. You, you intentionally dissed us yesterday so you could kick it with Coach Kelly, and I don't blame you. I was excited when I saw that tweet. Pat's going to be on. Yeah. I, I was uh, – boy, I love listening to you guys talk about that. I'm, I'm a f- – go for it on fourth down. Of course, you know, you guys probably played the EA Sports college football game, NFL Madden, and we would always go for it on fourth down. Fourth and 10, fourth and 11, you're like, screw it, I'm going to go for it. And so after playing those – I know it's video games, but that convinced me to – that people should go for it on fourth down. And I blitz on every play. I yeah. don't know if that's going to catch on, Coach Kelly. Did you get fired ever as a coach on uh, Madden? <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have. But it was, um, I, I don't know. It's just, I love going on fourth down. And I, I think more coaches should do it. And, Coach, I've heard you talk about it many times, how um, it just is going to take somebody to make the decision to do it because it makes sense. It makes tons of sense. Well, and you were trying to win on EA Sports, right? EAS Sports, right? EA Sports, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're trying to win. So you thought and it was a good point, idea then, and so does everybody else. Well, and to your point, whenever I was playing somebody and they would go for it on fourth down, I'd be like, oh, what the heck? Why do you got to go for it on fourth down? You know it's a 50-50 shot. Why do you got to do this to me? Just punt. Uh, so you're right. I mean, the defense is afraid of that. And that's probably all the more reason why you should go for it. You know what I really miss? The college game, for sure. And I miss it mostly because, and this is going to sound dumb, I used to love the recruiting mode, like where you're building a team. And, I mean, I'd be recruiting a kid, and he's like, I really want to be close. I'm like, we won the national title last year, and you can start (laughs) next year. What do you want? You stupid (laughs) idiot. I don't want you on my team anymore, you dummy. I don't care if you do run a 4-2. Shut up, (laughs) idiot. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that was the best part of the game. I love building the teams. And you could – I remember creating your own player. Oh, yeah. And then you got recruited. Yeah. You remember that, right? Is that how it worked? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, had I like was like 6'6", six, six, tight end that runs a 4'2". It was great. <laughs> the guy was – they couldn't stop him, Pat. It was like uh, but, the old Bears tight end on the Sega Genesis – not Sega Genesis. Um, what was the game? What was uh, – Tecmo? Tecmo Bowl, yes. Oh, Tecmo. that was the great. Oh. But I would create – I thought it, it, couldn't you create – I thought I created myself as like a 6 foot left. I think you could. I you think can. you could, yeah. 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 And I was recruited by, you know, every school and won the national championship. And I was so a if you, So option. if you could have been recruited to play dual football threat. at any school in America, what would have been your top school? Anywhere you wanted to go play football. Coach, I, I tell the story all the time. I had my high school basketball coach write a letter to Notre Dame because I wanted to – I wanted to play football at Notre Dame, but, you know, obviously after my, you know, I saw playing after my freshman year. So, but I was going to play basketball at Notre Dame. I just wanted to go to Notre Dame. And um, he had one scholarship that year, and he gave it to a six foot ten kid out of Pittsburgh. 
Uh, kid's name is Phil. <laughs> Phil something. I forgot his last name. Dang it! So but obviously I always it didn't work out against for him. that kid. Right, exactly. It was Coach McLeod. I think it was McLeod at the time. It was right after Digger Phelps left. But, um, yeah, I was no damn guy. Huh. Irish Catholic. Well, what was wrong with going to BC? It's right down the road. I hate BC. You know I hate BC. BC, they didn't even give me a second look. Coach Paul Biancotti, Coach Jim O'Brien, <laughs> those guys, I, I still see Coach B. And, um, and I remember the kid. They gave the they had one scholarship. They gave it to a kid named Andy Bedard out of Maine. Yeah. And I never let that kid li- live it down because I used to see him in the summer league. You, um, he's I lunch? can't believe. Yes, absolutely. Every time every time we played against each other, I couldn't believe. I think I found a recurring issue here. you got to quit looking at schools with one scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the reason. Like, Coach Richardson had, like, nine well, that year. There you go. He had plenty to give out. You ended up in the best place he had anyway. plenty. Yeah, I mean, he, you could take a you could take a chance on a <laughs> short, slow white kid from Boston if yeah. you get nine available scholarships. <laughs> so, national championship game, Pat UConn was as dominant as any team any of us can remember in recent history, uh, or maybe history. I mean, they not only won every game, they covered every line by the odds makers. I mean, it was impressive, and I think everybody out. Yeah, it. it because it, the joke was, and I'm sure you guys heard it, um, a few people had made it, UConn's like Noah's Ark. They got two at every position. Huh. And so they can survive through foul trouble. If a couple of guys aren't having their best offensive night, well, they can, they're arguably the number one offensive rebounding team in the country. So they can miss shots, but they go get it and put it back in. Um, they've incredible size at every position. You know, their point guard six five, their shooting guard six six, and then they just go all the way up to seven foot two. So it was a it was a complete team. And, you know, coach, you, you mentioned it how, you know, you saw them in the sweet sixteen, and that's probably when everybody kinda was like, Oh yeah. There's a reason why this UConn team was as high as ranked as number two in the country a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look I I don't know why everybody fell off the ledge with them because you look at their schedule yeah, they lost three in a row, but you're losing to Xavier. You, you know, you lose the top 25 teams. I think because the they lost at home to St. John's, everybody wrote them off. Well, they, they lost <clears> five <throat> out of six, too. I mean, that's a big stretch. <clears throat> but they were playing great down. Well, but look at – yeah, you look at who they lost to, though, Coach. Xavier, Providence, the, on the road. Then you lose to Marquette. Hello, that's a you know top 15 team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, St. John's at home was probably like the head-scratcher, but – um, you know, then you go on the road to Seton Hall. So you, you lose those games, and it just goes to show you how, you know, maybe, you know, we shouldn't uh, write off some of these teams so soon. Right. Agreed. But, you know, I, I had them in the te- Teams that lose five out of six in the middle of the season, I didn't jump off of them. I was on them at the, at the beginning. That was my pick to win the national championship, but to start the thing. But. Uh, as Justin rolls his eyes, but when you lose five so, out of when you so lo- smart, remember that pick I made? No, was right? when you lose five out of six, though, it is easy to unravel, and and people start pointing oh, sure. fingers, and guys are like I need to shoot more, and start taking shots they shouldn't take, and doing things they shouldn't do. I mean, I, I just think that's a great coaching job when you lose five out of six. I don't you, care how great the teams are you're playing, not for not to kind of come unraveled. And instead, they went on a big run and won like eighteen out of nineteen or something stupid. Well, I think something that w- hasn't been talked about was Danny Hurley. I don't know if you guys saw the the story they did. He started painting, <laughs> and 
because uh, apparently he was like so just rough, and I think that bled into the team. Painting and like uh, a- houses, ceilings, or canvas? <laughs> like Bob canvas. Ross. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like Bob Ross, the great Bob yeah, Ross. Nice fluffy flower, uh, cloud in here. Happy but I think trees. that helped him not be as hard on, on, on the team. And so and you talk to this coach uh, uh, how when you go through some rough patches, because I can remember when we lost the game, I thought hell was I, – I, I was convinced hell was coming with it because – Coach would just line us up, and we'd just run all day if we lost. And then there was a few times where we lost, and that didn't happen. And it kind of gave you a little bit of a different motivation. So I, I guess when they were going through that losing streak, it could have unraveled. But I think uh, Dan Hurley did a good job of giving the right message to those guys instead of, you know, you guys aren't, you know, you're no good. Forget it. I can't right. win with you. <laughs> can't win with them. What was uh, my man? Can't with the him. linebacker for the yeah, Chicago can't, Bears, uh, Mike Singletary. Yeah. Yep. Can't. Can't. Yep. 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 I, I think. Can't I, win him. I think. I think. I think we're touching on something though that coaches have have not always done a good job with, but the great ones really do is find out the pulse of the team. There are times that you mm-hmm. need to after a loss, two losses, a bad stretch, and it depends on why you're losing. You know, if they were losing to really good teams like you talked about, Pat. You know, they don't, they're not really playing bad. The other teams are playing really good, and they may be making a mistake at a crucial time, but not just playing poorly or not lack of effort or anything like that. That's when you need to build those guys up. And in the old days, I think it was we were always rough, 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 rough if we lost, and then we would find that perfect time. Well, you know, they need to be picked up right now, and we'd pick them up. Nowadays, I think it's the opposite. I think people, coaches are a lot more positive, positive, positive. Mm-hmm. And then they look for the reason to go the other way and be really tough on the guys when they lose. But the coaches that are able to do that and find that right moment to line them up and run them, like you said Coach Richardson used to do, or you know, pick them back up after that and guys, guys, they just played really good. And that's something I learned the last few years of coaching was mm. I remember sitting in the I remember sitting there and the first time it was like an epiphany. Our defensive coaches are really frustrated because we gave up a couple of big plays against the team. And I looked, and it might have been like Jacoby Criswell just running over a kid or making a kid look bad. I'm like, you know, our kid's going to go home and be a college student somewhere, and this kid's going to North Carolina. Maybe it's not us. Maybe it was him, you know, that made us look bad. That's not a reason to get on a kid. He just got out-athleted. He was in great position, did everything we've taught him to do. And I think that's that's the difference between teams folding it up like UConn had that five out of six or coming back super strong. Coach Conco always used to say to me, the other guys are on scholarship too. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids on the other side are pretty good too. It's hard for coaches to see that sometimes, but, man, it is so true. you got to look and go, did they make a mistake or was the other kid just better than Yeah, well, it's like we were talking about mm-hmm. with the Iowa um, game with LSU and Wes, like, well, they didn't play very well. Like, we scored 85 points. LSU is just really, really good, and they had the right kind of matchup to score – even more mm-hmm. on Iowa. Iowa had no answers defensively. That was an amazing game. I that was, was like, there's no way. God, they keep scoring like this. It was just. They did have a special day, as Wes has pointed out repeatedly. But that was, I mean, it did feel like a, uh, I don't want to say a watershed moment, but it almost was. I mean, you had almost 10 million viewers. It outdrew the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. I mean, it was a pretty special moment for yeah. women's basketball. It, it was, and you have to have a combination of things to happen for that. Obviously, this girl, Caitlin Clark, is is about as good as we've ever seen, mm-hmm. especially in the college game. Yep. So, you know how, and and I think LSU, 
is, you know, Kim Mulkey is such a larger than life figure. Like, so you get the combination. Is of... ironic because she's tiny. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. She is, but she's, boy, she is. Uh, she's loud. She's a spitfire. That one. So I would always say this: like, I love when coaches get dressed up, and I know like her clothing gets a lot of attention. And I would get pumped up. I'm talking pumped out of my mind. When I'd walk in, or we'd be in the locker room already, and Coach Richardson would walk in, and he'd have, like, white cowboy boots on or red cowboy boots with a, with a white suit or polka dot suit. I would get pumped because that meant to me, let's go. The show is on. Let's, it, it, I don't know. I think I've seen you in white suits since then, Pat. Apparently, it really, really stayed with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. I don't know. I get pumped up when coaches get all dressed to the nines. It's a different. I feel like it should be different. Game should be different than than anything else. Pat got the white suit from Coach Richardson, and he got the shirt off from Coach Musselman. What did you get from Pelfrey? That's what I want to know. Remember, remember he kicked the. Uh, remember he kicked the the screen out of the uh, scorers table. Who did? Coach Pell. Oh, did Pelfrey. he? He yeah. turned during the game. He was so mad he kicked like the um, the panel. They're like a uh, John. The table. He broke oh, it. We're gonna have to invoice <laughs> yeah. you for that one. Keep break a break a clipboard like like regular people. What's wrong with you? Uh, anyway, Pat. What about uh, the uh, departure and the addition yesterday? Ricky Council going to the NBA or testing the waters, and then uh, Keon Minifield. Have you seen a, a little bit of him play at uh, Washington? No, no chance. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad for Ricky. I think. Sad. He, you know, that's six foot six. The one thing when I talked with, with him earlier in the year, everybody assumed, well, we just thought, well, he's a slasher, he's this. Much like, you know, a lot of the transfers we get, even the freshmen, to be honest with you, we, we yeah, you can watch a few highlights, but unless you watch their game film and you talk to them and you watch them practice, who the heck knows what you got? That's what's so difficult with the transfer portal now. It's like coaches aren't recruiting these kids from when they're a sophomore in high school or a junior, <clears throat> some cases even a freshman. It's like you got to watch Washington games. You got to, you know, I mean, how many people are doing that like on the weekends? So as a coach, you only get a couple of weeks to find out about this player and who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? His coach? <laughs> <laughs> hey, coach. Uh, I just saw your kid got in the transfer portal. I mean, maybe if you, you know, had good relationship. Coach Muss has good relationships on the West Coast, so you could probably talk to other Pac-12 coaches about him or some of his assistants. Um, but, yeah, Ricky, for an example, Ricky, we thought he was just going to be a slasher, defensive guy, slash to the rim, player on the basket. Mm-hmm. Talking with him, he's like, no, I always was a thought of myself as somebody who could come off a high ball screen, give me the basketball, play pick and roll, play one-on-one. And he showed that this year, but nobody anticipated that. I don't even think Coach Muss realized how good he could be in that role. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Ricky, strike while iron's hot, my brother. Yeah, can't fault him. Um, Pat, I'm glad you went to the school that had more than one scholarship offer. And uh, <laughs> I just found this clip from Coach Richardson. I thought we should play it. I love going back in the Wayback Machine. You know, Pat, you, you're, you're a smart guy. <laughs> Wait, okay, put that on the tape. Put that on the tape. Pat, on yeah, tape. I, had, I, I had no clue you, you, you had that much in tune to what I was trying to get and emphasize. You know, I try to tell everybody, basketball or anything that we do is a game of decisions. And then they all ask me why you do this and why you trap and, and why this happens, why you press. You know, I, I, do, I always try to do things that everybody else <clears throat> didn't do. I didn't want to coach like anybody. 
uh, I wanted to steal because, uh, you know, you, as a student of the game, you get pieces of bits from everyone that you can use. But then you formulate that in, in you know, as a, in high school coaching. You know, I am so proud of the fact that I started in the seventh grade and each level I worked my way up to the eighth grade, ninth grade, then the varsity, and then junior college, and then the Tulsa. I mean, I, I, did, I put in time. There you go. Coach Kelly, a man after your own heart. You yeah. didn't want to do it like anybody yeah. else does. You and Coach Richardson have that in common. <laughs> and unlike Coach Richardson, I don't know how convinced you are that Pat's smart. But anyway, we appreciate him very much. Yes. He's very good and on he the think, He was an outside-the-box thinker. Yep. My grandfather was that Tony Moreshi. Um, and that's, you know, why I think I clicked with Coach Richardson because uh, I had other people around me like that, much like you guys are out-of-the-box thinkers. No, it's pretty much in the box, Pat. It's a very small <laughs> box we're staying inside of, actually. I like what Coach Richardson said, though. He said, I like to make the other team make decisions. Then he talked about trapping mm. and playing full-court press mm. and stuff like that, and that's what you're doing. That's always the advantage in football. We have to teach one kid to make a decision with the ball, the quarterback. Are you going to hand it off or an RPO? Are you going to throw it? Or which guy are you going to throw it to? In basketball, all five guys have to make decisions. And if you trap and press like he did, you make all five have to make mm-hmm. decisions with Uncomfortable the Uncomfortable decisions. Yeah, I have much. to make a decision now, too, and it's uncomfortable because I hate to end this segment, but we got to hit a break because we're all way right, behind. Love you, boys. PB, you're the best. Thanks, for, to you. You. Thank, right. thanks River City Flooring. We appreciate them. RiverCityFlooringInc.com is their website. We're back in a moment.